Welcome back to the Queers and Qualms podcast. Yo, I am yo, one of yo. your hosts. Yo, this is Sajara Eubanks, and I've got with me my sister. Of course, and it's me, Yaz. <laughs> How's everybody doing on this lovely Sunday? Sundays, which are our, have been our recording days as of recently. It's also our drop day. So we, um, as of this recording, we just dropped episode eight, which you can find on Spotify um, if you haven't already listened. If you have, thanks. Welcome back, everyone. Hopefully you're binging and you just listened to episode eight and now you're here for episode nine. Exactly. <laughs> which we're going to roll right into because in episode eight is like props therapy. We talked a lot about mental health mental and self-awareness. Practices. Yeah. And uh, this episode we're going to kind of. It kind of bounces off of. Yeah. Um, um, honestly, we'll be referring a lot to some of the mental health practices because in this episode we're going to be talking about triggers 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 and um um a good way of dealing with triggers and coping with triggers is um props therapy so go back yeah. and listen to that episode if you haven't already but yeah um. the, the letter of the day kids is t, t. we're gonna talk about triggers traumas and probably how you need therapy because yeah. of them <laughs> yeah honestly probably all this is really encouraging me to go online and and research an actual therapist because i've been saying it for ever how much that i would like to go to therapy but i just haven't really been able to find um i haven't really dedicated the time to finding a, a good therapist but you know i would i still recommend it but yeah as a caveat to the conversation no. that we're about to have um props therapy props so. therapy yeah. <laughs> do as we say not as we do therapy is super important <laughs> even i've at least been to therapy i um unfortunately fall under uh what most americans categorize as underinsured or oh, yeah. uninsured so i can't afford therapy usually yeah. <laughs> even yeah. though i'm a professional athlete which is ironic but that's for another episode yeah. so today we're going to be unpacking some um triggers some experiences that may trigger positive or negative emotions and how a lot of times triggers can be brought out by trauma and traumatic experiences so um we're going to talk a little bit about that and our own experiences and obviously trigger warning in advance it um uh, i'm not sure how uh, deep we're going to get but um if this conversation triggers an emotional response from you um please let us know if you feel comfortable um, reaching out and wanting to talk about some of the stuff that you've experienced or if you relate to thing, anything in this episode, please do let us know. Yeah, if you're like watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify or Anchor, like we really love listener feedback. Let us know what you love about the episode, what you don't, um, what triggers you, what grinds your gears. We'll do like some, we'll probably get into some heavy stuff, like we said, trigger warning, but then there's lighter triggers too. That will probably bounce around. So if there's anything that triggers you, let us know. Maybe this episode yeah. triggers you. Yeah. Hopefully not. In the <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe it not. triggers positive emotions. You know, we'll talk about that too. <laughs> but yeah, to, to kind of bounce off that, let's just hop right in. Sarge, what triggers... Let, let's start with some... Mm, let's start with some negative triggers. What are some things, some experiences, some behaviors that have that you experience externally that trigger some some negative responses from um just being obviously a black gay woman i'm sure there are many <laughs> um really being a black gay woman i am i trigger. probably trigger other trigger. people so much wow 
Wow. I'm actually the trigger yeah, as a black great. I never thought about that, but yeah. It, explain more for our listeners who may not understand what that means. Um, Honestly, so I love these episodes because it gives me a chance to research stuff that I never would ahead of the episode. When I look at like what we're talking about, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do some Googling. But um, it, like, it kind of occurred to me that as a black gay woman, just being alive triggers a lot of people. Yes. I feel like just my presence as a masculine presenting black woman, as a... um confident presenting black woman often like often being black gay and mask um and confident leads people to think like you're mean or bitchy or you just don't belong in this space traumatic other people's insecurities yeah your own confidences will oftentimes people will be triggered and that's like um sexuality aside a lot of people are triggered by confidence in a negative way because they are projecting their own um, negative feelings about themselves when you are feeling yeah confident so that's definitely yeah I feel like I trigger like weak men just mm. by being alive yeah mm. Mm. yeah mm. Mm. I feel like I just but what are my personal <laughs> tri- <laughs> now what that we've gotten I- that out the way <laughs> now that I am the trigger we are the trigger um what are some of my own triggers so i guess we'll start light because i mean and it depends on like what triggers you in a relationship or what triggers you in life yeah. like i thought about that too there's, there's levels um <laughs> and then i thought maybe i'm easily triggered because like i started going down the line of what triggers me i'm like hmm that seems like <laughs> every little thing <laughs> triggers me coffee that's too hot mm. is triggering coffee that's too cold is triggering no, um, on some real yeah. triggers. Um, so no, I'll get I'll get serious. The like when I first thought lightly, I'm like, okay, waking up too early in the morning, um, coffee that's way too fucking hot is an honest to god trigger. Like yeah. when I go to Dunkin' Donuts, the coffee doesn't have to be that fucking hot. But on like, <laughs> I'm an iced like, coffee gal, so <laughs> see. But on like um some real trigger stuff, like especially if those of you have been listening consistently through the season or who know me personally, like part of me wanting to do this podcast and bond with Yasmin is getting over um the abusive relationship I was in for so many years I was in like I kind of went from back-to-back abusive relationships which most people don't believe just by looking at me and how masculine and confident I present myself they're like you what never um but so a lot of um me healing from those experiences is is recognizing that I'm still triggered by some of those experiences. So most of the time when I think of triggers, I think of relationships first. I think mm-hmm. of like um mm-hmm. like when I first started dating after <clears throat> the relationship I was in with my ex partner who we have a child together with, like when I first started dating after that, like little there were little triggers that would set me off. Like any sign of like jealousy yeah. or um overt signs of like possessiveness and because i was so probably traumatized another word for the day (laughs) i was so traumatized from my last relationship when i was going into new dating situations and in the new relationship with i'm with now i had to figure out like am i legitimately triggered because of what i went through or am i just triggered by every little tiny thing yeah so but one of the, like my biggest trigger in a relationship is like unnecessary signs of possessiveness yep. and unnecessary signs of jealousy like yeah like especially if it's unnecessary like if i'm giving you a reason to be jealous i'm like oh, okay like fine understandable why you would be jealous <laughs> but like if it's just like random it's like girl like i'm literally there's no signs of me doing anything but loving and adoring you Uh, i mean and that also shows um a lack of self-confidence in Mm -hmm. in the relationship which could be 
uh, a negative part, but um, I like how you said that. Like for me, triggers. Triggers are just anything that triggers an emotional response and it can be positive. It can be negative, like trigger, like we were kind of talking about beforehand, how like positive trigger kind of sounds like people don't say that that often because trigger is automatically like a negative connotation. But like, I do think that there are things that I've experienced and I've noticed that people that trigger positive responses from me. Mm -hmm. And so there can be both negative and positive triggers, I think. I know. I think that's a um really good angle to look at it because I thought triggered. I, the first thing I thought was like, okay, what scares me? Like you know, yeah. like, but it can be. It's it triggers conceptually yeah. cause and effect. Anything that causes a strong emotional response. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. So that's a that's a good trigger. Hot yeah. Coffee. No. <laughs> ugh. Ugh. Like, no. why does it have to be so fucking hot? Yeah. But that's not what it's about. This <laughs> I'm just, ugh, don't get me started on why coffee is so yeah. unnecessarily Because I also have, like, little petty triggers that I kind of sometimes feel like, ugh. You know, when, when you find yourself kind of exhibiting those behaviors, that, like, little stuff, you're like, ugh, am I just being, like, petty? Or is this really just something that bothers me that I probably should communicate to whoever it is that's showing these behaviors? Like, for me personally, I get triggered when I get asked a series of questions. <laughs> which which seems odd, right? Interview. So, like, if you ask me, like, three questions in a row without, like, no, it's like, if you ask one question and then I answer and then another question and then I answer, I'm like, okay, I can handle that. But, like, sometimes, especially if you're in, like, a heated emotional state or if, like, you're in an argument or not even an argument, but, like, a, an expressive conversation and somebody asks me, like, back to back to back questions, well, what about this? Well, why don't you do this? And then this, that, and that. I'm like, mm, too much. <laughs> Triggered. But, and now my brain just shuts off, mm-hmm. right? And I think that... um I'm not directly sure if that relates back to any experiences in my life or if that's something that I just find to be in inconvenience or annoyance. So, you know, like I'm still kind of finding the line between like what is okay to label as a trigger and what Mm -hmm. is something that just like bothers me or is annoying. You know what I'm saying? And and are those things real? Can can you call those things triggers? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because like, does it, 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 and a, a strong emotional response of annoyance is <laughs> is what happens when when you know that kind of thing happens to me but um if i were to think more like straight line like you know more in the box about what triggers are i feel like one thing that triggers me um is like uh lack of independence within a relationship Mm -hmm. so it doesn't have to even be a romantic relationship it can be any type of relationship but i don't ever like feeling like i am uh emotionally or physically codependent on anyone and vice versa like a relationship is two individual people coming together and enjoying and spending their time together but then it starts like when it starts to become codependent it starts to uh, you know, it can become dangerous uh, in some in some type of way. So that's one thing that I look out for that is a trigger for myself because I sometimes notice that um, if I'm feeling like that, it triggers an actual, like, response, not just an emotion. It actually, like, I start to change the way that I go about in that relationship. So, um, yeah, trigger. <laughs> super true. Now, um, kind of touch back a little bit for me though. Like 
this idea of a positive trigger is still mm-hmm. like like so i'm trying to think of what's an example of a positive trigger too because i mean because now i'm now i'm like now i'm intrigued i'm like hmm because uh like there's a way to reframe the way things are yeah. in your mind and like a big buzzword in society and social media now is normalizing yeah so like i'm like ooh, let's normalize positive triggers so i'm trying to think like like a positive I'm like maybe i do have positive triggers like that that song you i listen to right before i, I work out yeah. like that could be mm-hmm. considered a positive trigger if, right if it triggers a, a strong emotional response <laughs> yeah and yeah i think so we're gonna start normalizing these positive yeah triggers. like for me particularly i'm trying to think of like an example to make it like make a little bit more sense but like you said like um a song that you might listen to when you're in a bad mood that triggers a happy or like positive response from you can be something like you use like a trigger word or something like that. But then again, you know, we have been socialized to think of triggers as a negative thing anyway. So like when you do say that, it is kind of like, Hmm, like, what do you mean by that? And that's just kind of how I wanted to think about it in the frame that I kind of, um, put when thinking about certain things like, um, this might have a little bit of overlapping thing to do with like love languages or whatnot, but I, uh, something that triggers a positive response for me is when people do acts of certain, like people do things for me when, especially when they know like I'm struggling or like I'm like, I'm super busy and I don't have time to do this thing. And then they do it for me. And I'm like, Oh, thank like, you know, that triggers like a really exciting, happy response from me. So like if I'm feeling like I'm, getting into a rut or I'm unsure of what I need, like maybe the frame of reference is what do, what do I need to do to trigger a positive response to get me out of this rut or whatever it is that I'm in. So like, yeah. That's an interesting one. I'm also leaning, I'm also thinking um, things like prayers, Mm -hmm. manifestation, meditation, things like that could be positive triggers. Some people who are, maybe religious who turn to their favorite verse or people who are in a, like a good uh, act of kindness from your partner or your mm-hmm. mom giving you some words of encouragement could also be like positive triggers. That's fun. Yeah. I like that term. It's just something to think about too. Cause like I said, most people think about triggers as negative, but it's all about the mindset. Yeah. So. Well, hot coffee triggers me in a negative way perfectly tempered coffee sends me in a very is a very positive trigger when it's just the right amount of hot and yeah. not <laughs> I'm, I'm dead my baseline trigger no <laughs> yeah That's so funny. one i i, I want to kind of bring it back on what you said really it took me off guard a little bit when you were talking about yourself as a trigger to other people's like other people's emotional responses, which like I never thought about it that way, but it's so true. Mm-hmm. Like in, in the most um, obvious thing is like we've said it in multiple of these episodes of just being like, you know, um, triggering a dangerous response from people who feel as though you offended them by existing. Yeah. And, um, I've had some of those experiences and now that I think about it, like, I feel like I trigger, I trigger people more than I feel like I am triggered. Um, but <laughs> that just might be cause I'm like, I, I'm a pretty chill, 
laid back person in general. Yeah. But I will say that um, one of my biggest triggers is men in general, which is like a very large umbrella of things. Because like <laughs> I say this all the time, I have good men in my life and I know good men, but like in from based on my experiences, there's there's way more dangerous negative energy I get from men than any anyone else yeah so like I'm always hesitant when I meet a man that I don't know especially like a grown man that I don't know it's always like skepticism based on my experiences of having been like negatively like either talked about or physically put hands on or somebody <clears throat> or a man feeling like they needed access to something and etc so like um that it it kind of triggers my fight or flight yeah in a way that's like um you know based on negative experiences that i've had interacting with men and a lot of them are you know men that I don't know, but it, it kind of, it makes you th hesitant to, yeah. to like talk about or even experience these things or even live like, which is, is a running theme in our podcast is one of the reasons we put this podcast together because we wanted to share the experience positive and negative as gay black women, because in, in, put in that extra caveat of masculine because the the layers of who we are be make us the whole right mm -hmm. and the intersectionality I, yeah the intersectionality of of the different diversities that we carry and one of the reasons we wanted to do this podcast is if there are other women other black women other women who check all of those layers like us gay black mask female um just sometimes just being who we are is an affront to people and that's one of the reasons we put we put this together so um it's kind of funny how that all came together mm. and yeah i think like um it's maybe a snowball effect like just being who we are can sometimes trigger other weak-minded or discriminatory people or bigoted people and then their treatment of us requires or or, or, or sometimes leads to our own triggered response mm. of fight or flight mm -hmm. and it starts to turn into this like yeah uh this snowballs like where where does it begin but i mean i can't help but think it begins with like whoever you are if you're listening if you're not like like people should be allowed to be who they want to be like that's and, and that's it but unfortunately yeah. we live in a society where yeah just being alive and accepting who you are and expressing yourself yeah. leads other people to mistreat you um so i you know a lot of gay black women are triggered by the presence of men because a lot of times our presence triggers them to treat us differently or to approach yeah. us or to encroach themselves upon us yeah and it um that's why yeah it's kind of it was true like when i thought about it i was like hmm, what triggers me i think and it was like i don't know but what triggers me often is when people mistreat me just because i'm me Right. And that's like Facts. the number one trigger. <laughs> like just because you're gay, black, mask and female, I'm going to give you a different energy or a different response yeah. than I would everyone else. And that already is like, well, now I'm hot. Now yeah. I'm ready. Now I'm triggered. And, and like you said, a lot of that comes from trauma. Mm -hmm. A lot of that comes from and especially being sexuality aside, being a black person. Our triggers the trauma. in America okay, yeah. Yeah. is traumatic mm -hmm. and has been forever. Like, you know, from from the very beginning of African-American 
like existence uh you know there are instances there are reasons why black men are so like you know they're triggered by their own traumas of dealing with being a, a black man in the united states dealing with racism um and dealing with being exposed to traumatic traumatic things that may not even have happened to us but we see them so often and that's another thing um that i want to pose the question about we are so exposed to trauma as a society that it affects what we're triggered by Mm -hmm. so people say this all the time that like our generation is so sensitive and so like often triggered by the smallest things but that's because we have so much exposure exposure to traumatic experiences and events and even if it hasn't happened to us directly we see it scrolling through our timeline on a day-to-day basis Mm -hmm. which you know just because i've never experienced police brutality firsthand doesn't mean that when a police officer pulls me over that i am not triggered my fight or flight is not triggered because it is Mm -hmm. right because i know that like I've been exposed to seeing the effects that some someone like a police officer has on black people. And and like so basically what I'm trying to say is that it's all like interchangeable. People are triggered because they have had traumatic experiences or seen traumatic experiences or been exposed in, in ways that have literally changed the genetics of black people. Mhm. Mhm. Like trauma is in our DNA. Yeah. And that's some um, new research and new development that's coming out in the last couple of years is the scientific evidence that trauma can be exposed through DNA and generation. Down generationally. Yeah. They've had, um, I don't, I guess we should find the link. I'm always terrible about putting the links in, but I, I was reading an article recently that they literally tested lab rats where they would shock one group of rats and not the other one. And then when their babies were born, they would expose the babies. The babies would express traumatic traumas, like traumatic responses to the trigger, even though they didn't actually experience that makes the sense. trigger. So like, when yeah, you're it's growing a human in your body and you are tr- and you have trauma that but that even further back down. than that think yeah. about slavery like you know no no one that's birthed the baby alive right now experienced slavery but those same uh like the they they were saying like the same dna that's passed on like the color of your hair and the color of your skin is also like that flight or spite that same mother nature biological response is passed on so that you are afraid of the same things other people in your dna are afraid of even if you didn't experience that actual thing and so like i'm glad we brought it up because you know a lot of black people nowadays are talking about how we're literally traumatized from slavery and discrimination even though we didn't live through it because it's literally in our dna and that makes perfect sense to me it kind of does to me like oh slavery was so long ago guys just get over it like it's woven into our DNA. Yeah. And I think it's a little, I think it's a little off topic too, but it got me thinking, I actually had a conversation with someone else recently. That's like, okay, so if trauma can be passed on through DNA and that can be passed on generation to generation, like the fear of whatever it is that's triggering you, I wondered, could other behaviors be passed on through DNA? And so I wondered, could white oppression 
also be passed on through DNA because if if a negative behavior can be passed on through generation and generation through DNA, then a positive behavior could, or quote positive other types of behaviors yeah. um, could also be passed on. Yeah. So, cause sometimes, well, look, cause, no, cause sometimes, <laughs> look, so hear me out. Cause sometimes white people be doing stuff that just be like, do you live here or do you just, or do you just pop out the womb seriously, subconsciously thinking that like, like the, like white, spaces like white people have a tendency not all white people you know i know we have a mixed diversity of audience Mm -hmm. members but there are there are some white people who i have met who are not who i truly believe are not racist through experience but literally through their environment and how they were raised yeah and they'll be like i'm not racist it's a learned behavior i'm looking right at you and you're doing the most redneck shit like trust me and they're like what me no i'm like i'm not obligated to explain this to you but yes you are but the the only like thing i can say to combat that in a way is like i i truly believe that like obviously racism is learned behavior and because there are white people who are not racist um but i think that trauma in particular creates such a large emotional response like such a huge like it it affects trauma can affect you not only mentally physically you can die from shock Mm -hmm. like you can literally like it it creates such a like response that not only emotionally but physically in your body that i can understand how trauma in particular can be passed down but i feel like positive behaviors don't like it doesn't you don't get that same sort of physical or mental like response that you would from a negative traumatic experience you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying Mm -hmm. you know what i mean that's kind of how i thought about it yeah i get what you're saying it's definitely a combat and i feel like definitely like when i was thinking it through like it came to me i was like wait a minute i would it's it's, definitely like it's definitely a real big thought bubble and i'm still like breaking down you there is no unlearn. science behind it you can learn and you can unlearn right but can we but if you can learn and unlearn can we unlearn the bio the, the dna trauma if it's in my i can't unlearn the Possibly. color of my hair but look slavery was 400 years long and to think that like you know now we're, we're still going in like we're still experiencing the effects of it it's going to take another 400 400 plus years to unlearn and and even if it is even possible to unput something in your dna i mean we're not scientists here but like you know is that even something that you know it took okay so slavery was 400 years long in america right in the u.s and then you know it's been about another hundred or so years right um, and we're just now getting the science behind the, how our DNA has been affected by trauma. It's going to take another five, six hundred years of humanity to yeah. undo that easily. And, because and, and I don't think we're going to be alive. I'm going to be dead and gone. We're I mean, we obviously, but humans. I don't even know if humans are going to be alive. No, I mean <laughs> humans. Hopefully, hopefully. I don't want the human race to be exterminated before we figure out racism. Mm, well, oh my God, as a we people, need to figure out um, the environment. I, think, <laughs> I, I mean, look, I, I, our rough scientific estimate, I think it'll take twice as long. Cause think yeah. of slavery 
roughly came to America in 1619 and had been around obviously for generations before that. But I like I'm I'm not a history buff by any terms, but I really enjoy studying history. Yeah. And slavery and 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 colonization is a part of human history. It's yeah. been going on since literally the beginning of human time as (laughs) soon as humans could figure out that they could dominate another species including their own Mm -hmm. they got straight to it so that's what humans have been doing for a long time now the large scale slavery that built america if you look at america as an empire and not as a country Mm -hmm. because if you look out throughout the history of civilization there were usually empires that would conquer and spread their culture and blah blah blah. so if you look at great britain as an empire because they spread and then they started America. America broke off and started its own empire, quote, air quotes. If you look at America as a country slash empire, it's really, really, really young. Yeah, and slavery definitely. in this land. So this this country was built on genocide and slavery. Yeah. Period. And so if you do genocide and slavery for 400 years, like think about it, even just on the simplest terms as a breakup. They say if you're with someone for a year, it takes like twice as long to get over them. So if we were in like slavery for 400 years, I I think it takes clean another 400 just to recognize that that's a thing, educate the entire population on what it is, and then get people past the systematic discrimination that came out of it in order for us to come together as a people and not be racist. We got like 300 years left. And we're still, and we're really just, we're talking about chattel slavery right now in the U.S. And then, sure, when that ended 400 years ago, we can't even like talk about the, we haven't even gotten into the traumatic Reconstruction, the Jim Crow laws. Prison systems, how slavery was legalized and how that has affected black families. Still in the Constitution. For for years and years and years and years. Redlining. Redlining, all that stuff. Like, (laughs) You know, right now, I, I think I saw something, and I can't say that this was from a credible source, but I say, like, right now, two-parent households are just starting to become, like, more, for since, what, the 60s, 70s, two-parent households are becoming, are, are more than 50% of kids are getting raised in two-family in, in in two households. Household. Yeah. yeah, that has not been a thing for a very, very, very long time. And you have to Ever. notice how that has affected black women in particular, because a lot of that, that is black women uh, raising kids is, as single moms. And, you know, it's not always the fact that, you know, black men don't want to raise their kids. We got to get away from that narrative. A lot of the times black men are not allowed to raise their children mm-hmm. based on whatever systemic uh, discriminations or racism that they're going through, whether it is getting arrested for a nonviolent crime and spending tons of time in jail, not able coming out of jail, not being able to vote or get a job or, or able to support their family or whether it's, you know, um, black fathers trying to get partial custody of their children and not in the court of law being able to be um, a full-time caregiver. Let me tell you something. Like, Shout out to all the black fathers and other parents who want to be parents in the court of yeah. law is is stopping you from doing so. I am one of those people. I haven't seen my daughter in over a year. And and because the legal system is, not, is allowing 
my child's mother to keep my child away from me because I am the blacker, more masculine parent. And I'm sure so that shout out to triggers. y'all. Stay strong. I'm Stay sure strong. that is triggering. Stay strong. <laughs> I'm sure whenever you step into court, you're triggered in, in a negative way because I mean, all the all the stuff, it, obviously from systemic racism to like learned behaviors to just little stuff in our lives have have affected the way that we go about anything yeah. raising children being in relationships working Everything. like how we live our lives mm-hmm. and the i guess the question is how do we as as black people black gay women how do we cope and how do we not pass on our triggers to the next generation like what i i mean and we and i feel like we let off with this like probs therapy probs, <laughs> like probs therapy probs therapy yeah cuz i mean but then again black people are not afforded the ability to go to therapy a lot of times because of capitalism because of capitalism myself like okay therapy one is expensive two i think the other thing with therapy which we touched a little bit on last episode um is one you're not afforded the availability because i think america as a whole does not take mental health as seriously when it comes to insurance and when government loves telling us what to do except when it comes to taking care of ourselves those should absolutely not if we wanted but like you know if we you know, afforded reparations that yeah. should be the first thing on the list yeah I think, black people should absolutely have free health care yeah i think in general um although i don't know if i want no free u.s health care i'm okay yeah that's that does sound i don't know sketchy. that sounds ghetto as hell uh-uh time out i diverge hold on <laughs> i disagree i would like the opportunity free, no like, i think i'd if we like do- to be able to no, I don't want none of y'all free shit. Uh uh-uh. uh. I don't want none of I don't want no free shit from the US because it's it's a scam. Yeah, it is. Because think about it. Welfare is a scam. Free healthcare is a scam. I lived in New York for a year and I was uninsured and I applied for Medicaid in New York. That was one of the only places I was allowed it. That was no, that was the most ghetto shit. Uh uh-uh. uh. They will just give you the first raggedy doctor they can find. My doctor under New York Medicaid told me I shouldn't be fighting because I'm a woman when I went in there to go get a physical. He goes, women don't do this. I'm like, if your old ass don't sign that paper uh, and let me go make my money. Segregation. Out. Hello? <laughs> he goes, are you sure you should be doing this? You are supposed to take my yeah. temperature and check my blood pressure. Get out of here. Yeah. But And that's the know. importance, like, side sidebar, the importance of community and black People having their own community, having their own that, therapist, having uh, their own thank doctors, you. having their yes. own economy. <laughs> so that's what I was going to go to next. It's not mm-hmm. only the affordability of healthcare, but the aversion as far as our uh, society, our culture as black people. We are generally, especially older black people, boomers and Generation X, are uh, uh, especially averted to therapy mostly because we don't see therapists who look like us. We don't see therapists who sound like us. You don't see as many black therapists or you don't see when you go for mental health or groups, you don't see that community or or inclusion as much, which I think is starting to change. I think this younger generation of millennials and Gen Zers are starting to really embrace the truth that we have generational trauma and trying to actively change that. Yeah. But I also think, what would you say? No, I was going to say, but I don't think the 
therapists are there yet. Yeah. Yeah, I think, too, that um, our generation is starting to understand the importance of, like I said, community, of, like, supporting, having uh, uh, not only, like, your actual family in your corner, but, like, your friends and creating healthy environments for which, you know, you can foster healthy relationships and, um, you know fixing the relationships with their family members and parents and and like a lot of times checking their parents for their negative behaviors that they're like feeling uh, you know i as a uh older gen z right my parents um my my dad's a boomer my mom's a gen x right and like a lot of times like I'll go to set boundaries and they're like not understanding of that. Cause then when they were kids, their parents were dealing with, you know, all the traumas of growing up in the fifties and sixties. Mm-hmm. And so they didn't have the opportunity to even recognize that there was trauma. And now we are in a place where, again, this is the good part of exposure as much as sometimes you're exposed to negative things on social media all the time. We're also exposed to positive things we're exposed to how to be more self-aware about our experiences and how they're affecting us and also learning how to communicate unlearn unlearn the negative behaviors and learn the positive ones in in order to uh kind of start to heal as a society yeah i think a lot of these things that we talk about in this episode last episode and some of the other episodes where we talked about coping and dealing with certain things like um, you know, it's just sort of occurring to me as we're talking this out that it seems to be activity, your own activity in your own life sort of helps. Like when it comes to like, it's it's one thing, you know, to say, oh, you know, you can do this, that and the other to cope. But I think when it comes to triggers and mental health and like red flags, when we talked about that a couple of episodes ago, it seems to be our, our underlying theme is self-awareness, mm-hmm. like you have to That's the first step yeah you you have to do that you have to seek help you have to seek different activities you have to be aware that you want to change or need to change in some way and you're worth doing the work so do. worth it so so worth it so a lot of it takes um activism in your own life like you have to be active in your own mental health active in your own physical health yeah. um and, and just different things like that because there's no one way to right. cope with trauma there's no one way to yeah. become healthier mentally it's just uh, you have to find your own sauce your own recipe and start yeah. to really look for ways to find the answer in your life and you know and look we're i'm up here talking in this mic but like actively taking care of myself mentally is like a daily chore uh, yeah like it's you have to do it yeah it's not just gonna be like oh oh today just... <laughs> like today i'm no longer triggered by that thing because it just like I mean maybe maybe one day you wake up and you're like oh that that one thing but like a lot of the time that's not how it works so um take the time to really yeah just like yeah you eat right like you know I'm a big proponent of exercise and how that affects your mental and emotional health all the time but you have to exercise regularly to have any positive effects from it I can't just work out one day and lose 10 pounds. Okay, cool. I'm, ooh, I'm healthy now. No, you have to always eat clean. You have to always, you have to change your habits. Mm-hmm. And so the same way you can change your habits physically in the morning, you start to change your habits mentally. Yeah. Like 
you know, being just more uh, expressing more. We talked about internal triggers, just being kinder to yourself when you look in the mirror, when you talk to yourself, think about the kinds of thoughts you have. Like instead of like, you know, you know, you can't be like, oh, I'm so triggered by hot coffee. I'm just using that as an example. But like there are things I can do actively now. I can check the temperature of the coffee before I sip it and put it to my lips <laughs> and I'm burned for this coffee. You know, I can order. <laughs> and so that's like a goofy example, right. but it is like, you know, I, I can't just be like, Oh, I hate hot coffee and keep going about my life. There are other ways. All right. I, I hate filling the blank or I don't like such and such about myself. Like there are ways to actively for our listeners, like actively become aware of those things and actively working daily and weekly towards those mental health goals just like you would any other goal definitely definitely and i feel like i'm really proud of this generation too um because we uh have started to understand our worth and and really set boundaries and i see it most explicitly in the job market when i'm scrolling on social media like we've we are getting away from allowing large businesses and corporations to um abuse us as employees like the whole the whole gag about gen zers is that like they will quit they will, <laughs> will quit y'all y'all will, will quit. quit because there's too many jobs We're too, <laughs> there's too many jobs there's to 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 not you know prioritize yourself like you are not like we work to be able to live sure but like you know work isn't our life and i feel like you know that's just one example of a boundary that we have as a society have started to put our foot down Mm -hmm. there's there's whole societies or society there's whole like countries now who are working on uh three day or um four day work weeks Mm -hmm. the three day weekends because Mm -hmm. people are fed up yeah people are are now starting to recognize that you know our mental health and and our lives are important to us and we should you know if working too much triggers you girl don't girl don't Don't. and that's like you know easier said than done obviously but you know (sighs) girl don't i love this generation too because like especially being like like, I don't know why I think I'm older. Like, you know, I feel like I'm a millennial, but I'm on the old side of the millennial. I was born in 85. Dun, dun, dun. But it's like uh, most of my siblings are either millennial cusp or Gen Z. And it's like, I almost admire, like, like Gen Zers. Like, there's a part of me that's old and grumpy, like, you know, we did the trigger warning. I'm like, all right, everyone's so easily triggered. You know, the Gen Zers are <laughs> also so like sensitive. Everyone has their own. Everyone can have their own label. Everyone can have their own. Everyone can have like it's very, very like leftist and forward. Cool. So that's like progressive. I love it very much. But on the flip side, too, it's, it's like, OK, well, I don't want to work like and I shouldn't have to. And I have the autonomy of myself and my health to worry about. And I'm like, okay, let's go. I like this generation. Let's Come move on with now. it. Because, let's move with it. Also, jobs be wildin'. Yo. They be wildin'. And, and like I said, there's too many of them out there for you to be out here stressed over work. And I'm obviously, we're able to say that as the youngest generation, because a lot of us, you know, we don't have kids yet. 
you know, we don't have like super, super large responsibilities right now. Obviously, like it, it's it's easier to worry about yourself when you don't have a child or someone to support. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, now's the time to start making those changes because maybe um, our progressivism can help out the other generations. My mom's like, I've been working. I've been working since I was 13. I was like, you should not have had to do that. Right. Like y'all gave up. They our gener the generations before us gave up their youth. And, and we're forced to in order to live in this like society and and you know now the next generation is understanding that we don't have to do that we shouldn't have to and we're not going to mm-hmm. and so yeah that was a little bit of a sidebar about like you know but you know sometimes work does trigger me this whole is it yeah. working going to work driving to work driving triggering oh traffic. driving to work commuting to work like it's a trigger and I have to recognize that and I have to say, what can I do to support my mental health? No, knowing that I still have to go to work, mm-hmm. but what can I do to combat that? You yeah. Know what I'm saying. Yeah. So interesting. So I thought about it and literally traffic triggered me so bad in 2008. I qu- <laughs> literally I quit my job and started doing jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> Ta-da! Change your life. Triggering. Uh, so that's our advice today. Quit your job. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, just kidding. We are no. not professionals. That is the warning. Yeah, I mean, take all of it with a grain of salt, but we will support you in whatever your endeavor is. So, <laughs> I yeah. totally support chasing your dreams with vigor and intelligence. Yeah. I'm all for it. Definitely. But no, seriously, yeah, like traffic is a major trigger. I was like, I used to sit in traffic from, little side note, I used to sit in traffic from, I lived in Baltimore, worked in D.C. Two hours. Oh, now no you traffic kill somebody literally yeah. yeah you can get you can get from dc to baltimore and no traffic what 45 minutes yeah, maybe yeah two hours in the morning and two hours at night i Th- want no it way. i want it to find the closest bridge and drive from it <laughs> and then i was like 22 years old at the time 23 i was like this is how my life the rest of yeah. my life is going yep. to go. That's where I'm at right now. I looked <laughs> over one day and there's like, I looked to my left and I looked to my right and there's like people in their 40s and 50s in their car looking like they can't, like they hate themselves. I would look around. I'm like, we all hate this. Why are we all Why here? Are we you hate yourself. <laughs> you hate yourself. Why are we doing this? Yeah. Yeah. One day I was like, fuck this job. I'm going to go <laughs> roll around uh, in a robe. <laughs> And hope for the best. <laughs> and here we are. Voila. <laughs> you know, being able to have open dialogue about it. Yeah. yeah. I think it's time for Qualm of the Week. Oh, are week. we there? Week. Right. Yeah. Right. Our Qualm of the Week episode. is trauma bonding. I know we talked about triggers and we talked about traumas and now we have to talk about trauma bonding. So um, I don't have an official definition of trauma bonding, but from what I know trauma bonding to be, there's a couple different, I know there's a couple different like definitions of trauma bonding, but when I think about trauma bonding, I think about like two people who have gone through very traumatic events, either together or separately, who then come together and kind of try to either heal from those traumatic events experiences or continue to be traumatic towards each other Mm -hmm. or use like have those negative experiences affect negatively affect their relationship obviously so that's like the first kind of trauma bonding and then there's the trauma bonding where 
um, one person is abusing another person and then they find a bond, like the abuser or the abusee is bonded, is, it has an emotional bond to or connection to their abuser. Right. And so that's another form of trauma bonding. So Or they're co-abusers. Yeah. And y'all are... And that's the thing, too, that, like, I'm kind of an expert in trauma bonding, guys. <laughs> just do, do tell us. <laughs> As mentioned before, like, one thing, like, I, I will talk openly about is that I was in such an abusive relationship. And it was actually an abusive relationship before that that I'm actually probably more traumatized by. I don't talk about it as much. But mm-hmm. I have spent, like, a fair amount of my adult life in fairly abusive, if not very abusive, relationships. And sometimes especially when it comes to same-sex couples like we've talked about. I think when people think domestic abuse, they go straight to one person beating the other one up. Yeah. And very much um, relationships can be, especially in same-sex couples, uh, verbally and emotionally abusive. Definitely. In, in, in both directions. Mm. And, and I could admit that in the relationship that I was in, it was very much like a co- abusive environment in a co-abusive and so that level of trauma bonding i think is more like the second definition where you can have an abuser and abusee and they're bonded in that kind of trauma um you can also have like co-abusiveness and co-bonding in that way too which i think is sometimes overlooked in discussion Yeah. yeah yeah and do you think that like you guys were acting the way that you were based on being triggered from your previous like traumatic and abusive relationships. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think we were trauma bonded in the way that like I was getting out. I kind of went from the frying pan into the, into the fire around like 2015. I was getting out of one uh, abusive situation and on my way out, I met, who would the person who would become my now ex-partner so when i met her i felt like she was not necessarily my what my knight in shining armor but she was like i was sort of escaping my situation with her yeah and she was also coming out of an abusive situation on her end and we happened to be coming out of those abusive situations together so we came together as in like let's run away together yeah without actually dealing with the trauma that you guys went through you tried to just like yeah yeah like you're stressed over what you're you're going through something and getting over it i'm going through something and getting over it we can get through this together but it really turned into more so like i i think we did i think we carried traumas and triggers over um i i think there were times where i probably was uh very clingy and needing um her because i was coming out of a situation where i felt alone and scared and she was the only person who knew at the time what i went through i had went through um a very abusive relationship with a male at that point and so she was a woman and she had also been assaulted by a man in her past and so we kind of came together in that like well, we're not gonna sexually assault each other. <laughs> like, well, so, so we yeah. must we must yeah. uh, have some common ground yeah. here. It's just was- one one type of abuse to another, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of people um, do find themselves in situations where they're like, okay, well, at least he's not hitting me, 
or at yeah. least I'm not being like, you know, mm-hmm. at least this, at least that. Mm-hmm. And it's still not a healthy mm-hmm. bond to be having. And, and just cause you've gone through more traumatic experiences previously doesn't mean that this person isn't triggering you in, in a different way. Yeah. So, um, and it's just being aware of that. Like, it's one thing to be like aware of, I've gone through trauma and I'm actively working through it. And now I'm ready to be in a relationship where I don't have to, you know, like where those those things I know that I'm working on and I could communicate. This is what triggers me. This is why it's triggering. This is what happened to me. Like, if you're ready to share that and do that, and that's great. That that That's different than being like, oh, I've gone through something, but I've not even tried to unpack those feelings. And, and mm-hmm. I'm just trying to distract from my own personal trauma by being mm-hmm. in a relationship with mm-hmm. someone else. Mm-hmm. So that's when it becomes mm-hmm. dangerous because not mm-hmm. only are you relying on somebody to, to distract you from your own shit, like you're also likely bringing in a lot of emotional baggage and, and you may not even know why your relationship or your next relationship or any of the relationships in your life are not working because you, you're bringing the, the so like un you're bringing baggage that you've not unpacked. Right. So, right. and that's really important. And, um, I get, I mean, look, this is my own little therapy session here. When I, I'm in a relationship now with a woman, we've been together for about six months coming into my relationship with her. That was one thing, even before I met her, when, when I was single and I was like, you know how that feeling you're like look I'm, I'm ready for boo now like i was single for a little while and i'm like you know i would like to get back into a relationship but i want to do it healthier this time right i started working on stuff that i when i started dating when i got back into the dating pool that's i used that dating pool time to not unpack but to start addressing things like i started when i would be out on dates with women that i wasn't serious with i was like okay is this okay this person did something that triggered me is that because because this person is toxic in doing something or am I triggered by the actual action or the trauma of my past and I wanted to make sure when I got into a relationship that I was more consciously aware of who I am and what I want out of a relationship and what were my boundaries before even getting into the relationship it wasn't like I met the girl and was like, now let's start some boundaries. I started setting my own boundaries of what I would not accept or what I could not accept in a relationship before I even started dating again. Yeah. And I think that helped no, a that lot. Growth. <laughs> I'm doing growth. so good now, guys. No, but I mean, it's a really important conversation to have, especially if you're trying to get into a romantic relationship with someone and you do have trauma in your past. Like like I said, there's there's rarely a, a woman, a black woman, a black gay woman who has not experienced some type of trauma. Um, so, like, you know, obviously being able to talk it out with a professional therapist, if you don't have that, um opportunity you know just being aware of what it is that triggers you and why and 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 being able to have that conversation with somebody in your life to to say that like you know I might I might need this to be a little bit different because Mm -hmm. I have some stuff that I'm working through Mm -hmm. that's definitely a really positive uh viewpoint and um a way to kind of avoid those negative trauma bonding experiences where you know you're you're then becoming reliant on somebody to help you unpack or to like you know ignore it 
all together. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of other ways. Um, if you can't afford therapy or whatever, there are support groups, friends, family communication, journaling, meditation. I'm a huge fan of yoga and exercise. Like, um, exercise to me doesn't necessarily solve problems, but it can be a stress relief. It can mm-hmm. be a way for you to express um, frustration and emotions in a healthy way. Even if you can't quite get to the core of what it is, you can start to sort of get some blow off some steam. Yeah. Yeah. You know, definitely. Yeah. Stuff like that. Oh, so I did a little Googling too. Uh-huh. What is trauma bonding? Okay. Let's get an official love- definition now that we've told you guys what we think about it. <laughs> well, yeah, Google's definition. And also, like, I think there's a few little things in here that are helpful. Uh-oh, where'd it go? Of course, I lost it. Oh, okay. Traumatic bonds are emotional bonds with an individual that arise from a recurring cyclical pattern of abuse perpetrated by intermittent reinforcement through rewards and punishments. The process of forming trauma bonds is referred to as trauma bonding or traumatic bonding, um, which is like... I like Yasmin's definition better. (laughs) I was like, that was a lot of words. Um, (laughs) But there's a little side-by-side chart, which I think is interesting, like trauma bonds versus authentic connection. Mm -hmm. Now, mind y'all, I'm Googling. Take that for what it is. (laughs) Um, We are not experts or professionals here. Um, So a trauma bond example would be rescuing, enabling, or saving each other. Which, yep. you know, I kind of mentioned mm-hmm. versus an authentic connection could be learning, witnesses, witnessing and, e- and evolving together. Yeah. Um, another trauma bond Deciding is... Deciding to... Work through... Yeah. yeah. So these mm-hmm. are all like good... So look, even just searching on Google and finding ways like if you're listening, like, am I in an abusive relationship or we trauma bonded? Um, because also like toxicity and trauma and anxiety is also kind of a buzzword now it's kind of it's kind of like the hip thing to do is to be like emotionally unstable and and weird really it is it's kind of we have an episode on toxicity and how it's kind of a thing so these are kind of little clues to look out for if you're like all right are we for real trauma bonding or are we just being goofballs but um stuff like um you put the other person's needs before you was on here. Um, one of them says, I betrayed myself and my needs in order to be mm. chosen versus oh. we honor each other's needs and limits there we go. versus, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So look out for those little flags and look out for green flags. Yeah. Look out for are you and your partner yeah. doing some of the more positive, authentic connections and you might be in a good relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, it, did I express something that triggered me that my partner did and they um, took it and was like, and and change their behavior that's a that's great behavior yeah that's something to look out for yeah yeah have you experienced anything like that um yeah definitely i've I've had i've been in relationships where i've been like um like it may not have been a trigger but it's like this is something that you did that kind of like set me off a little bit like like i'm not not saying don't do that but is there any way that we could work around like you know making making that a little bit more comfortable for me and they were like oh yeah sure whatever and then i've been in times where i've been like i really don't like when you do that and they're like okay i'll change and then they don't yeah so it's like you know you want to look out for that yeah yeah so there's definitely open communication um knowing your own triggers and your own traumas and what you bring to the table at any point in time is okay but it's how you deal with that and Mm -hmm. how you how you are treating the relationships in your life so 
Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's all we have today yeah. for traumas yeah. and triggers. Um, just a quick note: this is the second to last episode of this season. So thanks so much for tuning in for the whole season. Um, we've got one more episode after this one, and then um, we're gonna go on a little break. But definitely. Look out for more stuff from us. We're definitely planning on dropping a season two where we have a lot of great stuff planned. So keep an eye out on that on Instagram. Um, subscribe uh, to our website, www.queersandqualms.com. And uh, stay tuned. Yeah, we got a lot of fun stuff. Uh, season finale is our next episode, episode 10. Um, we do have a lot of exciting projects that we're going to be working on, both together and individually. Yep. Um, so, you know, for all of our Eubank sister fans like, and supporters, like we have some projects together and yep. individually that we've got coming up. And we're super excited and we love the feedback. So um, at the end of every episode, I always put a fan question at the bottom and, and feedback. Let us know, have you experienced trauma trauma bonding what are some of your triggers and how do you deal with them because that's one of the one things we want to do too we want to bring up the discussion but let's also explore ways that as a community and as people we can start to address some of the issues that we bring up so it's one thing to like talk about them it's you know let's start making some action so if you have any feedback from today's episode just scroll to the bottom if you're listening on spotify or to the comment section on youtube and let us know what you think definitely and with that, we'll see you in two weeks for our season finale. Finale. Thanks so much, y'all. Peace. Peace. Reinvention. Elevation. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Queers and Qualms podcast. This is one of your hosts, Sajara Eubanks, and there's a favor that I have to ask you guys. Yasmin and I are preparing for Waco World. If you're a listener to the show, you know we're both athletes. I'm a professional mixed martial arts fighter, and Yasmin is a budding, aspiring kickboxing fighter, and she's got a big tournament in Ireland in October of 2022. It's called the Waco World Championships, and we're raising money to help Yasmin mean get to the Waco worlds so if you've enjoyed this podcast today we'd love some support and donation to help Yasmin get to this world championships in Ireland in October of 2022 please donate what you can a dollar two dollars um and subscribe to our podcast as a monthly donation plus you can write it off in your taxes it's not a subscription it's not mandatory but we do appreciate it any donation will help Thanks, guys, and we'll see you at the Wake of Worlds. So many days and I will waste them. Right now it's clear. It ain't a day left. Gotta get this right now. You gotta let it all It's been weighing you down. You've been thinking about this shit all day, all life. You got a long life. You got so many of those. You feel like feline. Ooh, they got them nine times. Ooh, I got that lifeline. Ooh, I call you up nine. Ooh, you got my rank tone. So many days and I will waste them. Right now it's clear. It ain't a day left. Gotta get this right now. You gotta let it all out. It's been weighing you down. You been thinking about this shit all day, all night. You got a long life. You got so many of those. You feel like feline. Ooh, they got them nine times. Ooh, I got that lifeline. Ooh, I call you up nine. Ooh, you got my rank tone. Reinvention, elevation. No suspension. Constant. No stagnant. 
Flowing like fluid water dragon. Pray to God for blessings and they happen. Baby, you attractive. Now you rubbing on my body, got me acting crazy. Thinking about you, baby, like your accent. Where you from? Who you at with? Thinking about you every day, I'm trapped in. Wow. I'm caught up in your traction. Gravitation, I'll pull out my lap. I'm pulling on your hair from the back. This. Who that tattoo on your back? This. You up. Only when I give you all this action.